Today's date is April 9th, 2018. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hit the Books Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Holcomb. And I'm Emery Saunders. And we're here to give you all the saucy deets on everything comics this week. For those of you unfamiliar with the show, this is your weekly comic book podcast where Emery and I, and perhaps a guest, go through the latest news, the new comic book releases from your local comic book shops. Please support your local comic book shops. And discuss some topics about the world of comics for your amusement. If that sounds like a good time, be sure to hit like and subscribe on our YouTube channel and rate well elsewhere. It really does help us out and push us closer to our future goals of our vanity URL. <laughs> so people can more easily find us. And uh, obviously help spread the community around. Oh yeah, tell your friends. You can always like us on YouTube, on Stitcher, and on iTunes. Be sure to check out our website, htbvids, V-I-D-S, Com, where you can find all the links to all of those things, as well as plenty of other written content and lists. Um, if you go to our homepage, like all the links are right there. You just click the button, and it takes you right to the Stitcher feed or the iTunes feed or the YouTube channel, whichever one you're looking for. And it's very convenient, so please use it. There's no ads, so you're not going to like be harassed by a bunch of computer aids. Uh, oh, thank God. When you go to our <laughs> website to try to find these links. So yeah. whatever your preferred service is, it's all on there for you. Oh, yeah. And uh, more outlets coming as, uh, you know, we further stretch our reach. Yeah, there's some uh, announcements coming up soon. It's mm. just a matter of getting everything together logistically so we can put it out to the world. Oh, yes. But we want we don't want to say it yet because we don't want people to steal our shit. <laughs> oh yeah, no 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 no. <laughs> and charge uh, us a premium to get it back. Oh no 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 no. This is gonna be ours. So so more coming soon. If that sounds like a good time, be sure to stick around, hang out with us during the podcast. Look at our other videos, our reviews, our instructional videos. Uh, you can go to our website. Uh, go to htvvids.com forward slash a year 2017 2018 to see like our previous you know comic books of the week and variants of the week and all that nonsense so you can find all that content on the website and then stretch out from there and if you feel so inclined and you feel very generous and kind you can go to our patreon page at patreon.com forward slash hit the books and you can contribute to us on patreon uh it's a public contribution service Totally on, you know, donation honor basis. If you don't want to contribute, that's just fine. We're happy to have you in our audience. But if you would like to contribute and you are able, please, if you even have to consider it financially, don't contribute. Right. This is basically a tip jar for us. If you like us enough, uh, maybe think of us as a uh, entertainment version of your local barista, but in like a... <laughs> comics and comic book related media form yeah as you can imagine all this stuff is costly and it adds up to quite a sum at the end of the day based on all the comics we have to buy and the editing software and the website service and the server service to host all of our podcasts and our mp3s and it it adds up over time so it'd be great if we could even break even (laughs) (laughs) so any help you can give would be much appreciated but if you can't contribute you being a viewer or listener is contribution enough and we really appreciate you so yes feel free to check that out again you can find it on our website htbvids.com just click the button or you can go to the patreon page directly through patreon.com forward slash hit the books now emery what have you been reading well 
I actually got to read a few comics this week. Um, I have been keeping up with Rogue and Gambit, which is an X title that... Triple X? They wish. (laughs) It's a title that I've been keeping up with because there's always going to be a part of me that is a fanboy of those two characters. Because I grew up with them in the 90s. Of course. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen the 90s X-Men cartoon, watch it. It's good. Yeah. And this one, the latest issue, issue four, is one that took a very weird turn. Uh-oh. Well, the last issue had them fighting replicants of themselves? Yes. This issue shows the ramifications of what happens when you actually kill one of those golems, as they referred to. Interesting. Or not golems as in golem from Lord of the Rings. And I should have said golem to be more specific. You fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I got to get it right. <laughs> um, it's weird when... You're fighting a bunch of yourself. It's even weirder when you are uh, fighting the other person's copy and you kill it and you weirdly get not only that other person's part of their powers, but also part of their memories as well. That's what happens in this one. Marvel just needs to stop. Yes. You already screwed up your canon. Stop trying to recover it. It, (laughs) Let it go. We don't need to further get weird we really don't (laughs) and that's what that issue did it just further got weird great (laughs) (laughs) it it just seemed like an extension of the let's put these two characters through therapy and it it's a weird way of still continuing to do that same thing okay and I swear to God, if the last issue is the whole thing actually being something that they did while you were sleeping and it's all like you were actually just going through therapy and that's it, I swear to God, I am going to I'm going to shit a goddamn brick. <laughs> <laughs> and ask, why did you waste my time with something that could have been just two issues? <sighs> And then I realized they're putting Gambit on X-Men Red. Oh. <laughs> You're going to buy it. I'm going to buy it, and I'm going to read it, and I'm going to try really hard not to be immediately judgmental because the art style's already kind of throwing me off. Mm-hmm. I swear to God. <laughs> I don't know who is running the X-Titles, but there's a lot of steps in the we're just trying to not fix the characters as in we're going to take all of their uh, narrative issues and, you know, put them back on track. (laughs) It, It feels like we're trying to fix these characters as in we're trying to put all of these characters through therapy and become more self-aware and less 
you know, flawed. Because that's what I want to read when I read a superhero book. Right. Therapy sessions. No! (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a fun thriller. (laughs) But I digress. What else have you read? I actually got to read the latest issue of Spawn. Hmm. Spawn number 284. Now, should we put this on our... Did the content match the drapes segment since it won the variant of the week last week? I'm going to say not quite yet, mostly because this issue is in the middle of an ongoing story. Okay. That I have not in any way, shape, or form kept up to date on, much to my dismay, because I love this character. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, for the content matching the drapes, we're going to hold off on that. Okay. And come back to that later. I got a lot of spawn to catch up on. <laughs> uh, and after reading that, I read the latest issue of The Vaunted, The Hallowed, the soon to be legendary Batman White Knight. The story we've all needed. It's so good. The story we don't deserve. It's so good. It's still so good. Oh. It is still, to date, my favorite Batman story, and it still has one issue left, I believe. Yes. God, it's so good. Batman White Knight is so damn good. If you have even the most, like, fleeting interest in Batman or any of the related characters therein, you need to be reading this. Yes. so damn good. Sean Gordon Murphy just, I don't know if he had this whole story outlined and ready before they began the artwork and stuff, like we would hope. Yeah, Yes. <laughs> uh, because it hasn't had any major delays. It has been consistently great and re- like well written and refined. And just like the artwork's great. Like, I just don't see how you can really do it much better. It has been fantastic from beginning to end. And it's just, not only is it great, but it's like a love letter to all Batman fans. It is. Both old and new. It is just amazing. It is so good. I can't sing its praises enough. You need to be reading this book. If you are not reading this book, what are you doing with your life? Right. If you are listening to this podcast and you are not reading Batman White Knight, you are wasting your fucking time. Read this book! There is short of... Uh, short of a miracle happening right before your eyes or, you know, having children, there is literally nothing more worth your time it is so than good. reading Batman White Knight. It is so good, and it is worth every penny of the cost. You need to buy this book. It is. You need to support this book. You need to read this book. You need to love this book. You need to hang this book. You, you need to sound off on every form of social media there is. It is so good, and people... I think people are missing it because it's not like main canon. It's, you know, right. Elseworlds it, type thing. Yeah, but it's its own story. If you're skipping out on it, you, you're doing yourself a great disservice. Oh and it God. is the best thing coming out of DC right now. Hands down. It literally manages to take almost every facet that you can think of of this character. Yep. And not only completely turn it on its head, but still... <laughs> At every moment, remind you that we know exactly what this title is. Yeah. 
And it does something that I think a lot of Batman books struggle to do. It makes Batman himself actually interesting and not just the villains. There's actually some real depth to what Batman is doing and going through and his whole like mental process with everything and not just the support characters and the the villains which typically is the case with Batman books you just have the right kind of generic can do no wrong Batman and then a bunch of villains that are way more interesting but basically make the book great <laughs> this is actually something that not even the Batman movies I'm going to go as far as to say not even the Nolan trilogy not even the Dark Knight did as well of a job mm-hmm. making Batman the interesting character is, in this whole it thing. It is amazing. Yeah. I can't read this book. I yes. Can't, I, there's nothing more I can say. You yeah. need to read this book. I, I will spoil nothing because it deserves your genuine surprise. And to our video viewers, I apologize if I keep wincing and like shaking my arm. I think I tore my rotator cuff when during my last workout and my last gym trip and uh it's really stinging when i put it in certain positions and i don't expect it so i apologize it's not the discussion that's hurting me (laughs) it's (laughs) the the shoulder issues uh the thing that's hurting me is that uh this comic is not nearly as recognized as it should be no everybody should be advertising this book like all these fucking events and the Dark Knight stuff and the, the no justice thing that's coming up. Like, all of that can just be put to the side for now. You need to prioritize Batman White Knight. I, that is what matters in the DC universe right now. I'm pretty sure the entirety of the Dark Knight's Metal event is not as good as the first issue of Batman White Knight. No. <laughs> I can confirm this. As we go into what I've read this time, uh, I actually read a lot of stuff trying to finally fulfill my promise of catching up. I still haven't caught up on everything because we still need to catch up on Aquaman and all the other stuff that we had it's, covers of the week four and whatnot. It's a lot to catch up on. It's a lot. But uh, obviously, I read Batman White Knight also because it's great. Um and then I I finally caught up on the Dark Knight's Metal run, one through six, uh, because the final issue just came out not too long ago, and everything in the DC canon right now is connected to the Dark Knight's Metal tie-in stuff. Which everything. Is, which is dumb. It's just <laughs> it's com- it's completely unnecessary <laughs> that you have to read this one dumb event just to get the context for everything else. And quite frankly, even the event doesn't explain a whole lot. Like you have to read like every single little tie-in, you know, Batman the Devastator and <sighs> Batman the Drowned and Batman Lost and you know, Dark Knight's Metal tie-in for Nightwing and Dark Knight's Metal tie-in for Justice League and Dark Knight's Metal tie-in for everything else. It's <laughs> fucking stupid. It's <laughs> Please like- stop. What if Batman, but a clown? What if Batman, but Barry Allen? What if Batman, but wet? What if Batman, but a lady? <laughs> Wait it's, a minute. I think we've answered that one. It's just an excuse <laughs> to put all of the Justice League in a bat costume. <laughs> it, it really is. That's all it is. But, oh, my God. That sounds like... Oh, God, I'm imagining something that reminds me of a Brian Singer X-Men movie. <laughs> There's a lot of dumb. So let me get into it. Okay. Now, is it bad? I would say the main line one through six books are not bad. They're just meh. 
<laughs> and, and there's a lot of dumb. There's a lot of dumb, like, leaps of faith and logic. A, a and lot a, of dumb, a lot of meh. A lot of meh. And a lot of this is the way it is because we say so. Yeah. And <laughs> I hate to criticize any artist, but Greg Capullo, who is a great artist in his own right, he has a very unique style. I think anytime he has to do anything dark and menacing, which is ironic since he's been working on Batman for so long. Yeah. his style just doesn't adhere to it very well. And I think it's never been more present than in the dark Knights metal books where I was reading it as I was reading it. I just kept being pulled out of it because the the characters look so cartoony and silly (laughs) and these like menacing, dark Gothic contexts and, you know, end of the world esque situations. Yeah. But all the characters have like a big button nose and like a big round (laughs) face and it just, it just doesn't something about it looks more like you know a saturday morning you know like looney tunes cartoon or something like yeah it's just it doesn't fit the aesthetic that he's going for in this story and i think greg again greg capullo is a fantastic artist really great artist i'm not criticizing his art or his style i'm i just don't think his style is a match with this particular story and i felt the same way about a few other things he's done with scott snyder there yeah um and Scott Snyder, likewise, I really love his writing. He's a great writer. The dialogue in this book is good. It's really good. And there, there's, like, narration throughout all of it. And the narration, you can kind of see the threads of what he was trying to do. He's trying to make, like, a big, uh, all-encompassing, all-tying-in end to his Batman run, which he has been working on since the New 52, the first issue of the New 52. Uh, where he had the Court of Owls and Death of the Family, and then he had uh, the Endgame event, and obviously all the tie-ins in between, and Year Zero. Yeah, um, He's had all of these tie-ins, and he's done a great job with, I'd say, about 90% of it. He's he's had a really great like hit-to-miss ratio. And um, I think this one, for all the things he did right, and the dialogue, and the narration, and the way that the, the that uh, Greg Capullo framed all the panels and everything and the order the story was told and everything. I think they were just going for too much um, because this book, it relies on you to know every single little bit of Canon since before flashpoint. Oh like, my God. It, it, addre- <laughs> it addresses like little tiny things that happened before flashpoint <laughs> as a reference for like all the shit that's going on in this book. And it's just like even as a very avid reader, a very up to date, I would say for the most part, comic fan. Yeah. Like as up to date you as you can ever expect from an adult reader. There's just so much nonsense going on, and I mean everybody shows up in this. Like everybody you can imagine is in some way, shape, or form in this book. Uh, even people like Sandman, like. Which, which explains why there's a new Sandman book coming out. I think this book has been used as a platform for all of the new things that are going to be changing in the future, including the reintroduction of Sandman, including the new era of DC heroes, including the return of characters like Hawkman uh, and Hawkwoman, and, or Hawkgirl, whichever one you go with. Um in this new universe context, post-convergence and divergence. Um, and quite honestly, I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense. 
I don't think anything in that book made sense. <laughs> um, and again, there are tons of leaps of faith. And this isn't really an issue with the book itself. This is just my personal gripe. I hate when these like overwhelming, like big, like epic stories explain everything. Yeah. Like we know basically the ins and outs of how the multiverse works now. We know the origins of everything now. Uh, with this event, we know um, wow. what the role of the anti-monitor is and what the role of you know people like Darkseid is. We, and, like, again, you have to read the fucking all the canon up to recently, including the Darkseid Wars and stuff to know what's going on. Way too much. <laughs> Way too much to put on the reader. Darkseid um, doesn't do. Darkseid is. It, it makes Themyscira. From a better book. <laughs> yeah, it reintroduces Themyscira in a different way that's, like, reintroduces Themyscira? Kind of nonsense. Uh, Themyscira is no longer just a planet. It's now like an interdimensional thing that is in all of the multiverse, but it's like hidden in like a pocket dimension type thing. And yeah. Oh no. It's real dumb. It's no. I'm sorry, Scott, but I, I know, I know that the convergence event didn't leave you much room to work with, but I, I just didn't. Oh. There's a lot of things I didn't like, and like it, it brings Martian Manhunter back into the fold, which is necessary. He's been missed for a long time, but it, again, it's done in like a very dumb, like nonsensical way. Like, why would he be doing this? Why would he be there in the first place? That doesn't make any sense, unless I'm missing some part of canon that's totally out of context. You know? Why wouldn't we just say he was gone for a while, yeah. but now he's back? And I think this whole book was <laughs> meant to be like. Not only a send-off and a proper goodbye to Snyder's Batman runs and his work with DC up to this point uh, as like kind of a farewell to the partnership with him and Greg Capullo, but uh, also the launch pad for all the new ideas they're trying to like introduce and all the fixes, I would say, they're trying to do after they kind of screwed up Convergence, I would say. Uh, and all the convoluted timeline, but all they did was make it more convoluted and more <laughs> nonsensical. It's in, and like the whole like Batman night villain things from the dark universe. There's no exp. It's clearly illustrated that there's like evil versions of everybody in every form because the 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 basic the anti universe or whatever is basically built on like the fears of all the heroes and everybody on the other universes. So if they if Batman feared he might, you know, become paranoid and weaponize himself uh, to defeat uh, Superman, but then loses control and becomes like a, you know, modif by modifying, uh, uh, what's what's his name? Big big Hulk guy. The damage. Doomsday. Doomsday. No, no not damage. <laughs> oh, uh, other he, great. He modifies big himself Hulk. with the like Doomsday genes to try to stop Superman, but then ends up destroying everything in the process it's like those types of paranoia that birthed those versions in the dark universe oh, that's how it's explained God. and so your thoughts and fears are basically a creation in that universe but they make it very clear in like issue four or five that every other character's versions of those fears are, exist so I, I don't understand why the bat ones were the only ones that showed up to do anything <laughs> because only the bat ones survived it, like no, it, they're 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 there. <laughs> they're just in the dark side, just like hanging out. <laughs> oh my god! But, I just why? But Th yeah. this sounds like something that belongs in the fucking Snyderverse. Yeah, and then like the the final solution in the end is tenth metal. 
I play on nth and metal, th- which is son the, of a bitch. The ninth metal because of a certain purity or whatever. Uh, it's very convoluted and very dumb. <laughs> but the metal basically like disappears for no reason. Like they solve the problem and then like the metal's just not there. Like they don't address it. They don't talk about it. They just say, oh, the metal has a mind of its own. It does whatever. And I'm like, mystic bullshit metal. Thank you. That's the explanation for all this. That was the final solution. Bullshit. We got that once with fucking vibranium over at Marvel. We really didn't need that shit in DC. And they did the thing I hate where they like make the character like be in this pocket dimension or whatever for 30 40 years and like batman and superman are both old and been tortured for all of this time or whatever but then they just miraculously become young again once they get back <laughs> it's like with again without explanation again these are i you got to understand this is as comic booky silly as you can possibly imagine and i don't know whose hands were all in the pot i i suspect scott snyder wasn't making all of it i have feelings that there was things being trying to forced in there to introduce yeah, new I, concepts. I'm, I'm almost certain that the studio had a lot of direction that they were giving him. Yeah. I mean, they literally bring out a physical map of the multiverse, which is the same one you see in like the comic posters they were given out during oh multiversity. So. Like that's how like dumb and in depth they go. And I'm like, why would this one world have this map of the entire <laughs> multiverse and how everything works? And like, like how would this one world within the multiverse be able to perceive all of these things enough yeah. to make a map? Yeah. And I, I also didn't understand why the main villain was literally just a giant bat version of Spectre. <laughs> like, why did, why did it need to be... Like, this guy has clearly existed before Batman was ever even conceived of. Like, he's been around for billions of years, but he, for some reason he took the form of a bat. One of these days, we're going to make a gif of me flipping this goddamn table. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll leave that with you. Um, in terms of going back a long time, let's see here, episode... Episode four, the variant cover of the week for episode four. Did the content match the drapes? No. I'm sorry. The Jim Lee variant for that number one issue was great, but I think the book was just meh. I just, I I don't know. I know people liked, like, individual issues, like the issue that explains the Joker-fied version or whatever, but I think that's just because it was relying on a gimmick. Quite honestly. Yeah. It was just an excuse to do something menacing with Batman. Yes, let's make Batman more gimpy and more of a clown? Wait a minute. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, and again, there's no explanation for why that one is the one leading everything on the initial onslaught and, like, basically the lieutenant of the big bad god guy. Um, Because the other ones are obviously, like, way smarter and way (laughs) uh, stronger. It just seems like just an excuse to draw a Joker-fied Robin it, and it, Batman. Yeah, it, it seems like that <laughs> the company will never stop having its heart on for everything Batman, Joker, and Robin. Yeah, so take that as you will. If you've read it and you enjoyed it, more power to you. Tell me why I'm wrong, because I, I feel like there wasn't a whole lot of good things to take from it. And I felt like all it did was just make things even more convoluted and unnecessarily, I don't know, corny. (laughs) (laughs) It's just yet another event to try to push new stuff. Yep. Um, 
I jumped into Old Man Hawkeye number three, mm, keeping the Old right. Man Hawkeye book going. And um, the book is still great. It's still really fun, really interesting. Um, this one, he addresses uh, Atlas and has some interactions with Atlas. So if you're not reading Old Man Hawkeye and you want to read something that's in that kind of Old Man Logan world with like a well-written story and great artwork, pick this book up. It's really cool. You want some backstory to that version of Hawkeye, it's a great book to pick up. I really want the, that story to be good enough to where they actually finally make a Hawkeye movie. <laughs> and it's kind of like on the same like level as Logan. It'd be hard to do since if you read Old Man Logan, what <laughs> happens with his daughter? <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, I don't think uh, you could have quite that type of story with Hawkeye. Well, it would be a way to, one do a Hawkeye story, finally, but also, at the same time, differentiate yourself from Logan, which sure. Logan was a good story, but uh, Hawkeye has a good story in him, too. Mm -hmm. We just got to find it. Since he shoots a bow and arrow. Other than that, you know. <laughs> it, it, it's never about the bow and arrow. It's, it's kind of about the bow and arrow. <laughs> but yeah, Old Man Hawkeye number three is great. Pick it up, read it. Uh, I would recommend it to anybody who's even remotely familiar with the Old Man Logan storyline. Oh, yeah. Uh, I picked up a few number ones. Oh, before I get into it, I just want to say, to make sure I wasn't getting the wrong context and trying to place exactly where this Old Man uh, Hawkeye occurs, I went back and reread the whole run of the original Old Man Logan from Mark Millar. Man, is that book still great. It still holds <laughs> up so well. It is so damn good. I love it, it. it. It's also really, really gross. It's pretty gross, yeah. <laughs> There's some gross parts, especially in the end there. The last two issues or whatever. But yeah, that yeah. whole run is so good. So damn good. That is a great book. And, and if you haven't read it, you should read it. Oh, yeah. Um. Next up, uh, I read a few number ones. The first one being Sonic the Hedgehog, number one from IDW, because I'm a Sonic fan, and I like Sonic, and I don't give a shit if you don't like Sonic, because Sonic is cool. Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. <laughs> um, and the issue was, you know, it was good. It was what you expect from, you know, a kid's book. So if you have some kids and you think they'd like Sonic, you should pick it up for them. It's really fun. Uh, Tails and Sonic do their dynamic duo thing uh, in response to a mystery that's arising from attacks on the local towns from uh, the Batnik robots. Uh, yeah, you had me at Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, next one. This one is part of the new era of DC heroes, uh, but doesn't seem in any way, shape, or form to be connected to uh, Dark Knight's Metal, thankfully. Uh, the Curse of Brimstone, number one. Uh, this one we laughed about because we thought it was going to be like just a... You know, like the Terrifics was a Fantastic Four ripoff and Damage is a Hulk ripoff. We thought it was just going to end up being like a Ghost Rider ripoff. I would say it's not. It's It actually has a lot of cool depth to it. And yes, there is the sort of devil character that kind of gives him like fire abilities. Although, spoilers, it doesn't really go into it yet because it's building up for the next issue. Right. But... um. It was actually a really like down to earth kind of heartwarming tale, and the art was really good. Uh, mm. the, the art kind of remind me of the Sideways book, which was really good. Um, 
and it tells it talks about a story that really doesn't get addressed much and um particularly about like appalachian coal mining areas where you know the mines are pretty much the only source of work and the factories relating to refining the coal and you know using it for other products and shipping it and whatever else and once those businesses go out of town you're trapped because you don't have enough money to move you know you can't afford to just pick up and leave and try to go to a city or something where there's better jobs you know and, and so, you don't have a source of income. Yeah. And and a lot of people are disabled and hurt from working in dangerous mine jobs and factory jobs, you know. Um if you're not familiar with what they go through, just look up some YouTube videos of what they do on a daily basis. Like it's 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 not happy work like even now they're in West Virginia, I know because of my uh relatives there's a crisis going down there with black lung disease. And, oh my god um it, it's an emergency status but because the coal industry is the only work there they just kind of try to sh- you know shove it under the rug because if some regulatory interest comes down and puts them out of business then they have no job and now they're dying and out of work you know and just trapped just in this mountainous area and these are these are not like open areas where you can just walk from place to place like th- if you have not been to west virginia these are very very uh isolated areas these are very very um particularly in southern west virginia very very kind of hostile lands where it's just if you don't have the the benefit of electricity and all these supports it is very hard to survive there and the people that settled there initially were some very rugged individuals usually running from some kind of persecution uh including uh runaway slaves including turks and displaced sephardic jews including uh irish people that couldn't get (laughs) uh land or jobs anywhere and uh revolutionary war soldiers that got displaced you know because they couldn't the government couldn't afford to pay them a war pension so they gave them worthless land out in the mountains uh runaways from the trail tears all those sorts of things these are what make up those appalachian communities and it takes a very desperate type of individual to settle those places. And it's kind of reflected in this book in a really cool way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it tells a story I think gets ignored, especially in America, a lot. And it does, there is one line in there where it very much makes an allusion to like make America great again type of thing uh, in the which, middle there. Which and is, I'm sure, something that you would think would be commonly found in a town like this and it very like clearly illustrates that it's purely out of desperation and humanizes them in a way but i think still is like the oh this is the only reason you would ever do this you know yeah but that it's very subtle so it's not like it didn't pull me out of the issue or whatever but i recognize and i was like okay i see what you're doing here let's (laughs) let's get let's get this over but it's it's a really really good book and really i was very pleasantly surprised by the first issue so Hmm. Uh, I highly recommend Curse of the Brimstone. Uh, very pleasant surprise from the new era of DC Heroes. And then the final issue I read was the new Robert Kirkman book. Um, I picked it up, Oblivion Number 1. Ooh. Uh, excuse me, Oblivion Song Number 1. Um, I don't know how I feel about it yet. I, I didn't think the artwork was particularly great. Um, and Robert Kirkman, if you're not familiar, is, he's written like The Walking Dead and invincible and stuff so he's got some stellar work in the past so this was expected to be a big hit and based on our news items uh, the sales numbers indicate that is the case <laughs> uh, 
But um, it, it's like, oh shit, Robert Kirkman. <laughs> the basic premise of the story is there is this some kind of weird interdimensional cataclysmic event uh, in the past. Uh, it's unclear how long ago it happened. But basically, a bunch of people were just kind of transported to this kind of like demon realm version, like monster realm version of the Earth. And it's just like a handful of people, like 30 people, something like that. And basically, mm-hmm. the government tried to make a program to go and retrieve them and use that same kind of crossing dimension ability. Again, nothing is really explained very well, but right, use this ability to try to recover some of the people. And they didn't really succeed, but there was like pocket programs that were still active. And the main character, his brother, was one of the people that went to the other side or whatever. So hmm. he basically is obsessed with going over there and trying to rescue people if he can find them before they get killed by the the monsters and all the the environment over there. Yeah. And um <coughs> it starts off with him rescuing two individuals and they're all freaking out cuz they think he's hunting them, but really he's shooting them with these like interdimensional darts that'll transport them back to the real world. Uh, and then they have to deal with like the psychological issues when they get back of not being constantly <laughs> hunted by monsters and stuff and surviving and um, yeah. And then on another spectrum on on the Earth side, there's people there's like religious zealots that think it's like God's wrath or whatever, and they're like anytime somebody comes back, they target them and think that they're you know like demons that they're bringing back the demons you know from god's wrath by oh and my God. that the government <laughs> needs to stop funding like his efforts to go and save these people and event because of funding issues they just kind of give up and they're afraid of making the problem worse uh, of another event occurring because they keep jumping dimensions or whatever yeah so there's like a lot of threads here and there um, I feel like the whole thing could just be solved by like a GoFundMe. <laughs> like, just that have, is how you solve this issue. Just start a GoFundMe with all the family members and anybody interested to donate. And <laughs> like, all right, thanks. You funded my whole program. Thanks. <laughs> you know, instead of having to suck the government's dick to try to get a dollar. Right. Um, but um, it's it was fine. I don't. I wasn't like super impressed, unfortunately. Um, unlike you know the first issue of Walking Dead and like Invincible. Um, this one just didn't really strike me the way I was hoping it would. Um, it, it it's kind of a cool idea, but I feel like it's been done before, and um, I don't know. We'll see. I'll pick up the second issue and see if it gets better. If for nothing else, because it's going to be collected because it's Robert Kirkman. Uh, but <laughs> um, there there's some threads there I really liked. Um, there's some dialogue I really liked, and I I like how they deal with like the psychological aspects of coming back. Yeah. Um, and there's some good things. I just feel like there's a lot more explanation that was needed and a little bit more n- backstory, even if it came in the form of like narration instead of dialogue. Um, felt like you were kind of dropped in the middle. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of like dialogue that's just unnatural where they're trying to explain everything. So he's repeating a bunch of shit that everybody already knows, you know, right. that sort of thing where he's trying to make it natural, but it feels forced. And like, Again, he's a great creator, so I'm not criticizing Robert Kirkman, and I'm sure it'll flesh out over time. But for that initial issue, it's just a little, little jarring and a little underwhelming. Right. Um, so, look, look for that if you're so interested in Robert Kirkman's work. What was the title of that one again? Oblivion Song. Oblivion Song. Yeah, and it's referencing like a certain type of noise that occurs when you're in the other dimension and the other world whatever it is again not really explained very well but right whatever the thing is when you're there there's like a certain 
like natural noise that occurs and that's one of the people that got saved from that side who actually works in the program it addresses it as an oblivion song and how it was it kind of like calmed him down when he was finally had a moment to rest and he could just like uh, not have to worry about the monsters hunting him and stuff yeah interesting so, yeah it, it was there's a lot of great stuff to it i uh, i don't want to dismiss it just yet but i i feel like it could have been done a little bit better and organized a little bit more clearly so kind of thing you would uh pick up issue two to yeah I'd, I'd probably worth... i'll probably pick up the next two issues and yeah. just see if it picks it grabs me and if not, you know, no big loss because it's it's collectible and it's Robert Kirkman and I like to support creators anyway. So, oh yeah, um, look out for that. Now, uh, we already covered the segment. Did the content match the drapes? Dark Knight's Metal Number One. Fortunately, the cover was great. The issue was meh. It was it was eh. Yeah, uh, I don't think it matched the drapes. So, with that, let's get into the news. First up, some Black Panther news. Black Panther has risen to the top 10 on the all-time global box office gross list at $1.27 billion this weekend, passing Frozen. Now, it's worth noting that this is not adjusted for inflation whatsoever. It's just what it is right now as a gross product, and I think it's like number 10 globally. Um, Yeah, adjusted for inflation, I think he's in like the... 1.27 billion right now. He's in uh, the, the low 50s for the all-time, which is no small feat. Yeah. Uh, half of that total was domestic, so a lot of home support in the United States. Um, when adjusted for inflation, the movie ranks number 35 on the all-time oh, box 35. office list. Ooh, list, it climbed. But that's domestically. Oh, that's domestic. Because right. if you wanted to adjust for inflation internationally, you'd have to go through every single currency. And right. It's, just, that's it's a bit not more realistic. A, yeah, yeah, that's a bit more of a calculation. Nowhere, nowhere I know of has actually done that, because <laughs> I don't think it's possible. But when adjusted for inflation domestically, it's number 35. Um, and the only superhero movies... Adjusted for inflation, uh, that are higher on the list are The Dark Knight at number 31 and The Avengers, number 29. Um, so that's pretty good, especially for a single hero book about a character that nobody ever gave a shit about uh, uh, prior yes. to this. So really awesome to see. In addition, Black Panther is going to be the first movie shown at a public theater in Saudi Arabia since 1983. Now, for wow. those of you unfamiliar... Just another reminder to be thankful and protect <laughs> your freedoms. Do not get rid of your freedom of speech or anything else because this shit is important. Right. In 1983, Saudi Arabia banned public movie theaters and any kind of film displays in public areas. So, yeah, for the past 35 years, they have had nothing. <laughs> um, you could have a home movie, I'm sure, but I'm sure even that was regulated to an extent. Um, How interesting that... Um we finally get that, you know, lifted. Yeah. And the first movie movie that's playing over there is Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> Very ironic. Secretive nation. A lot of wealth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot it, of laws and restrictions. It, yeah. If I hear or Not see anything about some guy <laughs> running around in a wildcat onesie, yeah. I swear to God. But to be fair, I think uh, Wakanda is probably a little bit more benevolent than Saudi Arabia. But... <laughs> that that remains to be seen. I mean, there's uh there was I mean, some court intrigue. Yeah, and, there's uh, there's some, some royalty issues there. Royalty backstabbing and yeah. uh, all that. Et tu brute. <laughs> Et tu. <laughs> um 
But in December, the ban was lifted, and after building the theaters from AMC, uh, it will premiere on August, or excuse me, April 18th. And then five days later, it will be replaced by Avengers Infinity War. Oh, man. <laughs> That's quite a jump. I wonder why. So the first movie theater, the first movie showing in 35 years is going to be Black Panther. And then five days later, you're getting <laughs> Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> That's one way to kick off uh, your movie theater business. Uh, yeah. The, the, the reach of Marvel and Disney grows. Yeah. So, <laughs> just a reminder to people, don't take your rights and privileges uh for granted. For granted because yeah. if you give them up, you rarely get them back. This is a very rare occasion where the people actually got it back. Yeah, yeah. And largely because of a kind of young revolutionary prince who himself has kind of a sordid background. So, uh, um, yeah. Also, he probably he just wants people to watch movies. Why not? Yeah. I mean, you're the one nation, well, probably not the one, but one of the few <laughs> nations losing out on probably the best area of superhero films it, ever. It, so yeah. Yeah. That's uh, just it, sad for everybody. It is. It is. Just let them have it. <laughs> Next up, Sony's Spider-Man game uh, coming to the PS4 has received a release date. It will hit shelves on September 7th, 2018, and it received some new footage and whatnot, giving more explanation of what's going on and what's in the game. So... If you care. I think it looks cool. I, I like the Spider-Man games, but I've never been like really like blown out of the water by any of them. So. Yeah, I've... Uh, there was one Spider-Man game that I actually liked a lot, and this was the rare case in which a video game based on a movie is actually worth a damn. Is it Spider-Man 2? It is Spider-Man 2! <laughs> <laughs> Everybody likes that game. Uh, uh, yeah, for one really good reason. Web slinging. Web slinging. <laughs> they nailed that one thing that the other games just didn't quite get right. Yeah. And this one, it, it, it just did it perfectly. It was so creative. Mm -hmm. It was probably a nightmare to code. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, it, I mean, the game looks uh, impressive. Like, graphically, it looks great. Uh, the, yeah. The, the actors they have on it look good. Um, I'm not sure about the cast, like the villain cast so far. We'll see how that develops. Um, but I think it's really cool, and it looks like they're taking things in a very modern, new direction that Spider-Man has needed for a while. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. We'll see how, yeah. how it is. There, there's only one gripe that I have about the game, and that's des the design of Spider-Man. You don't like the white? It just seems odd. I mean, it does exactly what it's supposed to do, which is to catch your eye from a distance. Yep. But there's just something about the way that they incorporated it that just seems way too, like, it's starting to, like, consume the rest of the costume weirdly. Yeah, sure. For for me, I didn't like it. My first impression when I first saw it, like last year or whatever, whichever E three it showed up at, um, yeah, I was like, ooh, I don't know about that one. But over time, I've actually warmed up to it a lot. I actually like it a lot now. Yeah, it's, it 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 was a weird adjustment period for me. Yeah, you yeah. might see the same thing. You might not. I don't know. But uh, well, if uh, there's one thing we can count on in a Spider Man game, it's multiple costumes. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, oh my god, close. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, the current screenwriter for the alleged uh, Harley Quinn starring Birds of Prey. No! <laughs> Why? DC, stop. DC, uh, please stop. Movie that's in production. Christina Hodson has been tapped for Batgirl screenplay also, following the departure of Joss Whedon, admitting he just didn't have a story for her. 
And if Joss Whedon can't stick around for your bullshit franchise, <laughs> you should probably just stop. You should stop trying to make this happen. It's not going to happen. Um, but good luck to Christina Hudson. I, I hope I hope you can pull it off. I don't <laughs> think you can in this current universe. I don't think anybody could. But more power to you. I hope you get paid. <laughs> uh, I hope that the if if they actually do manage to go through with that movie, that it just ignores what's come before it. Please, <laughs> yeah, please. Uh, I'm DCU. I'm, I'm hoping and praying. So I'm hoping and praying that Shazam does the same thing and just forget everything that came before. Yep. <laughs> just stop. Just let it go. We don't need it. Just let it go. Uh, next up, due to a busy schedule, Jim Chung will no longer be the artist for the oversized Amazing Spider-Man number 800. Nick Bradshaw will be added in his place. So if you're looking forward to seeing Jim Chung's artwork, uh, you now have to look forward to Nick Bradshaw instead, which not not a big deal to me. Yeah. Either way. <laughs> I mean, it's... I'm not wild about it, either artist, but they do good work, so. It's Spider-Man number 800. <laughs> While something of a milestone, it's not exactly Action Comics 1000. <laughs> Bendis is coming. Uh, no, Bendis is here. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> the Bendis cannot be unrung. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, so bad. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> God, that movie is so horrible. Uh, next up in the news, there's a new Bat Metal video. Oh, oh, oh my God, it's so metal. If you're not familiar with the Bat Metal videos, uh, look them up. They're a lot of fun. They basically, they're animated (laughs) clips and cartoons featuring a really goofy version of Batman and his sidekicks and uh, set to Death Clock. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which, if you're going to set Batman to any, like, actual real fake band... It's Death Clock. <laughs> yeah. So the new one's a lot longer than the old ones and a lot more elaborate. <laughs> uh, and there's actually like vocal por- parts in it where they actually speak in like a very heavy Spanish accent. <laughs> yeah, about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, it's pretty funny. If you if you like those videos, look it up. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah it's you know, Bat Metal. Watch it. Next up, I'm just giving this a shout out because we use them as a great resource every week of uh, the podcast. We use uh, freshcomics.com to read you the new releases every week. Uh, it's a fantastic resource. You can you can find the link on our website, htbviz.com, to it if you ever forget what it's called. Uh, but yeah, freshcomics.com is an amazing resource for fans to look up what's coming to your local comic shops that week and what came before and what's coming up. Um, so... Use that resource, please, if you're a comic fan and you really want to know what's going on and stay in touch. But they redesigned their website, and it, it looks really nice. And it, well, I, I like the simpler aesthetic of the previous version a lot more. It runs a lot better than it used to. Which like, I think is probably the reason why yeah. they redesigned it. I mean, it used to take forever to load a page. for. I don't know why. Maybe it just wasn't tuned right, or maybe they're just was too many like pages on it that eventually just bogged it down slowed it down but it used to take like 10 minutes just to load the page when, yeah. when you included all the pictures now it loads instantly it's real quick oh yeah so shout out to the fresh comics guys don't know who you are but you do a great job and i appreciate everything you do yep keep it up uh next up some sad news voice actor and comedian chuck mcnan 
has passed away at the age of 83 from congestive heart failure. Oh, no. He is known in the comic world for voicing The Thing in most of the 1990s Marvel cartoons. Uh, he's also famous for voicing the Cocoa Puff mascot and Duckworth on DuckTales. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, sad news there. Heart goes out to you and your family. Uh, well, your family, I suppose. Um, yeah. I, I was going to, when you mentioned DuckTales, I was going to do the woo-woo, but then it's like, this yeah. is a sad story. I, th- I thought about it, but I was like, that's going to be really inappropriate, oh. so I'd rather not. Yeah. <laughs> so, my condolences to the family. Um, he will be missed. Yep. Next up, the sales numbers for the month of March are out. And overall, uh, the news is not great. Uh, overall, uh, based on year to year, sales are down uh, across comics about uh, 13% which is pretty significant, and toys have a drastic decrease, although you can probably play that up to video games and um, Toys R Us going out of business and all these different factors, you know? Yeah, um, the um, children's uh, entertainment uh, landscape is yeah. changing. However, there are some bright notes there. Um, sales of everything except toys actually increased from last month. Mm. So that's a good sign. Yeah. Um, I think part of that is because so many delayed things finally came out. <laughs> <laughs> and I think another thing is that March has, what, three more days than February. Yeah. So, I mean, there's some of that going on, but I don't think it would account for that much of an increase. So, um, yeah, all the increases across, you know, comics, graphic novels, uh, uh, toys and stuff. Overall, it averages out to about 4% increase from last month. So that's a good sign. Even though it's down from last year, it's a good sign going forward that it's going up, not yeah. down. Um, Which is what we want. <laughs> uh, Marvel Comics uh, ruled the day by a narrow margin, with DC obviously in second place, and uh, Image Comics taking up a solid third place with a, a little over 10% of the market. So hmm. uh, really cool. Um and this time, Marvel actually won the kind of sales battle without flooding the market with a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> Usually, Marvel wins, but it's because the volume of what they released is so ridiculously huge compared to what DC released. This time, DC actually released almost the same, a little bit more, but almost the same amount and got outsold by Marvel. So, good side for Marvel stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm sure the Black Panther boost helped. Oh, yeah, definitely. And these are your top 10 comic books uh, by units shipped. Number one, Dark Knight's Metal, number six. That makes me sad. <laughs> Why is it not Batman White Knight? It's not that great. <sighs> I mean, it's fine. It's fine. I'm trying not to be too critical. I uh, love Scott I, Snyder and Greg I, Capullo. It's fine. <laughs> it's a little dumb, but it's fine. <laughs> and I like seeing Sandman, so it was cool. They gave Nightwing some good, some good moments in the book, so... I give uh, it extra points for that. Uh, and they by did, that, you mean did. extra points for not letting, um, what's his name, get his hands on it? <laughs> yeah, Jeff Johns. Yeah. Stay away, Jeff. <laughs> Don't you touch Nightwing. <laughs> but yeah, You yeah. leave my boy alone. <laughs> and they give Nightwing probably his coolest outfit ever. And the kind of armor. I think I it was one of our comics of the week. Uh, oh, yeah. Where he had the full armor. And that was the Dark Knight's Metal tie-in. But yeah. the tie-in was a little goofy, but the outfit was really cool. Uh, <laughs> next up, uh, Doomsday Clock 
number four is at number two, which we still need to catch up on. Yeah, we um, do. It hadn't won me over by issue two or three, wh- wherever we stopped at. Uh, so we'll see if four wins me over. Uh, number three, uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 797. So that's pretty cool. Uh, number four, Weapon H number one. No! <laughs> yep. The no! second best-selling Marvel book in the fourth best-selling book overall. Why? Uh, maybe it's good. Maybe you're judging a book by the cover, Emery. Uh, maybe I have good taste and don't want, <laughs> don't need two characters that I like mush together. God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> number five, Batman number 42. Um, which I think was the whole like battle thing with Wonder Woman and stuff. That was kind of nonsense yeah uh number six is the mighty thor number 705 uh so that's pretty impressive uh, number seven is infinity countdown number one uh right infinity is about to happen yep so those are about to go through the roof yeah uh number eight was batman number 43 because we know it sells yep uh number nine was oblivion song by robert kirkman uh no big surprise there and number 10 is Batman White Knight, number six. Ooh, it made the list. Yes. But it needs to be higher. It does. It should not be number 10. It, it should be number one. It, it should. <laughs> that, that is a number it deserves. Everybody needs to be reading that book. Oh, my God. So that's just some fun uh, statistics for you. And finally, our final segment of the news. <laughs> Time for Delay Corner. Do, 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 do. Oh. <laughs> Only Where, two this week. Where's our friend Scoops when you need him? <laughs> <laughs> Only uh, two delays this week. Uh, Champions number 20 has been delayed three weeks and will premiere on May 23rd. And the following issue has also been announced to be delayed a, an additional week and will premiere on June 20th. No reasons were given for the delays, but I assume it's because the artists are overworked preparing for nonsensical events, like uh, usual. Y- y- yeah. But that's just me. So uh, if you're a fan of Marvel's Champions, sorry, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer for number 20 and number 21. And that sucks because that's what kills books. It's a terrible business model and we need to stop it. Uh, Yes. We talk about that all the time. One of these days, they're going to listen. And that, my friends, is the news. Oh, wait. uh, I'm getting something through my phone here. Oh. What's that local comic book shop? Mm. Oh, laughing oh. ogre. Yeah, World's yeah, greatest yeah. comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rat Pack. Crumbs? Yeah, I, I'll I'll ask him right now. Comic Town. Um, they want to know what comic books are we hitting up this week. Well, Emery, <laughs> I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> First up from Marvel Comics, we have Avengers number six eighty eight. We Ooh. have. Doo, doo, doo. That is a interesting look. Which have been on a great art roll, by the way. Every yeah. one of those issues have been really solid. Uh, next up, we have Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider, number seventeen. We have Captain America, number seven hundred. So that's probably going to be a collectible issue with a really cool uh, Alex Ross variant. Um, let's see here. Add the Venom variant to the <laughs> list of Venom of variants. There's that Venom are just variants happening. for everything and Captain America variants for everything this week. Um, next up, Champions, number nineteen, the one we <laughs> just addressed. Uh, yep. so it's the f- not this issue, but the following issue is delayed. Uh, we have Doctor Strange number three eighty eight, uh, which looks like it's still tied into the Damnation event, which is 
fucking awesome. You need to be reading it. <laughs> yes. We we missed the last few tie-in issues because there's so many, but we're we're ca- catching up slowly. Oh yeah. Uh, next up we have a big big new comic, Domino Number One, coming from Gail Simone, who is one of my favorite comic writers, if not my favorite comic writer, in the 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 main market right now. Um, although Murphy. <laughs> He makes it hard. <laughs> he does. Um, I will say this, though. I always have had a soft spot for any covers done by Greg Land, mostly because he manages to still draw every single person like they're some kind of runway model. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you like boobs, there's a nice Lee Field variant of Domino. Uh, if so. <laughs> th- thank you. Boobs. <laughs> Liefeld. <laughs> uh, and the feet come to a point. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. It's so Liefeld. It's like it's almost like a dolphin flipper. <laughs> Got the flipper foot. Oh, I wonder if those will ever debut in a Deadpool movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, we have Exiles, number one, which looks interesting. Or... If we're now, if if I'm when, being we, honest, when we it, say ex- it, <laughs> exiles, are these just the terrible con- characters that they tried to shove into the universe before? And fans were like, "Will you please stop?" And so now they're just exiles. Because uh, I'm pretty sure that's America, that's Honey Badger, that's Kamala Khan, and uh, what's her name, Ironheart. <laughs> uh, I I think it it might be that. It just might be, let's throw all of these characters that we never got to use at all and throw them in with a weirdly cartoony, like anime cartoony version of Wolverine. <laughs> it's like yeah. like all of these other humans and then this thing that literally looks like it came out of a comic book. Well, now I'm looking at the Seiya's cover the variant cover and now i'm like completely confused because none of these people are who i thought they were (laughs) right (laughs) i think that that's the thing that we're going to be taking away from this is that it's going to be confusing probably from top to bottom (laughs) (laughs) uh next up we have falcon number seven we have old man logan number 38 we have spider-man cross deadpool number 31 we have Star Wars Darth Vader number 14 with a pretty cool sinister cover where he's just kind of soaking in a hot bath. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many issues with that image. We have Star Wars Thrawn number 3. We have Thanos number 18, which I think might be the last issue. I might be wrong. It might be 19, but I'm pretty sure it's the last issue. We have The Despicable Deadpool number 298. We have the unbeatable Squirrel Girl, your favorite, number 31. Uh. <laughs> we have Venomized, number two. Uh, and apparently they're celebrating the 30th anniversary of Venom, which is crazy to me because it makes me feel really old uh, and probably makes you feel even older. Uh, yes. You old man. I am. I am. Wait. Venom came out in 1983. Is that right? I don't know. It's Wikipedia. It's yeah. what's listed as. Yeah, look it up. Or 88. 1988. 1988. Wow. First appearance as the alien costume in 
Oh, so that and then that symbiote is technically older than me. And then its first full appearance is 1988. Oh, so, uh, so yeah, it's been I, around for a while. So I am longer than I thought. Wow. Ugh. So old. So there's so f- some fun facts for you to make <laughs> you feel old. Yeah. Uh, we have your Gambit cover for X Men Red number three. <laughs> I really like the cover for number two that had Nightcrawler on it. I mean, that one was cool enough. That one looks okay, but I don't. I'm not sure. I like the white background. I think it would have looked cooler with like a black background or something. Yeah, would have made it stand out a little better. I'm I'm worried. Uh oh, I'm so worried. Next up from IDW Publishing, we have Back to the Future: Tales from the Time Train number four. We have Bubba Hotep. And the Cosmic Bloodsuckers, number one, which looks like Elvis in <laughs> space. Yeah, that's what it looks like. We have DuckTales. woo Thanks. Yeah, it <laughs> took me a while to get that. Number eight. <laughs> See, now we can do it. Yeah. Um, rest in peace, Duckworth. Rest in peace. We have Gears of War, The Rise of Rom, number four. We the rise of that thing that I have in my computer. <laughs> <laughs> we have Goosebumps, Download and Die, number two. We have Haunted Horror, number 33. We have Optimus Prime, number 18. Roll out. <laughs> we have Rom and the Micronauts, number four. We have Sonic the Hedgehog, number two. Again, really good, fun comic for kids. Uh, Again, got to go fast. We have Stretch Armstrong and the Flex Fighters, number three. Who asked for this again? (laughs) Marketing. I guess. (laughs) We have uh, the Gabriel Rodriguez book, Sword of Ages, number three. Really thought, I love him as an artist because of his work on Lock and Key, and the art in that book is really great, but I feel like he's just doing way too much. Um, But good luck to it. Uh, I hope it does well. Uh, next up, we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number 81. Holy shit, boy. Really like that Pied Piper cover there with the Watcher cover. Um, we have the October Faction, Supernatural Dreams, number two. We have The One, number three. <laughs> that's confusing. Guessing that's not the Jet Li one. <laughs> <laughs> Different one. And that wraps up IDW. All right. From DC Comics. Now, I feel like this can't possibly be out this week, but it must be. Action com- Comics, number 1,000, 80 Years of Superman, the big like event that's happening. Apparently, it's this week, but I felt like it, we hadn't gotten 99 yet. So right. maybe I just missed something a week or something, but it looks like it's out this week. So look forward to that. It's a big celebratory issue with a bunch of you know new covers and variants and posters and everything's celebrating superman and his contribution to the world we have batgirl and the birds of prey number 21 which if not ending that issue is ending very soon uh, so if you like that book pick it up and of course all of these issues have superman variants as you'd expect of course um from detective comics we have number 978 we have hal jordan and the green lantern Corps, number 42 we have Immortal Men, number one, finally, <laughs> after being delayed for, what, five months, six months? It better be fucking worth it. I hope it's good, man, because I'll be really disappointed if it, it's not. They've got one shot at this. <laughs> uh, and again, illustrated by Jim Lee, so 
Please be good. <laughs> we have Justice League of America number 28. We have uh, New Superman in the Justice League of China number 22. It looks like it's just Chinese versions of the Justice League. Uh, we have Red Hood and the Outlaws number 21. Now, we consider this for comic of the week until I realized his arm, the one holding the gun, is way too low. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's there's either some stretchy arm going on or his arm is coming out of his groin. Or maybe he has a little person holding it for him. <laughs> well, impressive. Uh, next up, we have Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Number 92. This is the kitty one. We have Scooby Apocalypse, number 24, Ooh. with a variant where, was it uh, Velma? No, Daphne. Is that Daphne? I can't tell because it looks like a lumberjill. She looks jacked. Oh my god. Ready to wreck shit. Uh the last of Scooby Doo. That's what it is. Uh next up we have Sideways number three. Uh I, I don't know when Sideways number two happened, but you know, <laughs> yeah, we that's need to, whatever. We need to catch up because that first issue is pretty good. Uh we have Suicide Squad number thirty nine. We have Supergirl number twenty. We have The Flash, number 44. We have Titans, number 22. We have Trinity, number 21, with a really, really great Bill Shankowitz cover, which I'm really regretting that we didn't give the cover (laughs) or the variant of the week, but I digress. (laughs) It's really good, though. We give Bill Shankowitz enough variants and covers of the week, though, so he's got plenty. Yes, he does. He won't cry about losing this one, I don't think. Um, We have Wonder Woman, number 44. And that wraps up DC. From Image Comics, we have Crew, number one. We have Deadly Class, number 33. We have Dry Country, number two. We have Eternal Empire, number eight. We have Gideon Falls, number two. We have number one with a bullet, number six. We have Oblivion Song, number two. We have Prism Stalker, number two. We have Rose, number ten. We have Sleepless, a book we've been keeping up with, number five. We have The Beauty, number 21. We have The Dead Hand, number one. And we have Versus, number three. So a few good ones in there from Image this week. Uh, From Titan Books, we have Assassin's Creed Origins, number two. We have Atlas and Axis, number four. We have Minky Woodcock, the girl who handcuffed Houdini, number four. We have Sea of Thieves, number two, for that game release. (laughs) (laughs) We have Supermansion, number one. That's funny. (laughs) We have The Season of the Snake, number one. Uh, From Boom Studios, we have Adventure Time Comics, number 22. We have Dodge City, number two. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Or dodge a city? (laughs) You have Goka Power Rangers, number one. Oh, yeah. We have RoboCop, Citizens Arrest, number one. Now, I don't know if that's an actual number one or just a bunch of SDCC variants. I'm guessing variants, but whatever. Um, We have The Planet of the Apes, Ursus, number four. And that will wrap up Boom. From Dynamite Entertainment, we have Barbarella, number five, with as many boob variants as you'd expect. Sounds about right. <laughs> and we have Legendary, Red Sonia, number three, with a uh, kind of neat uh, Benitez 
variant cover. I don't understand why he's doing variant covers because <laughs> he needs to be finishing Lady McCarricka. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure he will when he gets to it. <laughs> From Dark Horse Comics, we have American Gods, my Ansel, number two. We have Resident Alien, number one, Alien in New York. And we have Tomb Raider, Survivor's Crusade, number four. And finally, from Vertigo, we have Eternity Girl, number two. And that is everything coming to your local comic book shops. Again, please support your local comic book shops. And digital devices this week. Now it's time to hand out the prestigious, nay life-changing, Award of Cover and Variant Cover of the Week. First up, for our cover of the week, we award it to Marvel's Avengers, number 688. Cover illustrated by Mark Brooks. Now, again, the covers that have been coming out of this title for the past several you know, weeks or issues have been great. Like, yeah. really solid books. They haven't really always won. Uh, if they've won at all, I'm not sure. Let me look. Uh, no, no. Nope, 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 nope. But I can confirm that they have come damn close a few times. So it's great that Mark Brooks uh, and whoever else has been working on these books has really done their due diligence with these covers. And this one's just really great. It's uh, uh, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch and this kind of like circus poster almost, like like old school Barnum and Bailey's like circus poster. Uh, art style, which I am a sucker for. Every yeah. time I see these like very elaborate, you know, circus poster esque, you know, styles, I really love it. Um, and then you see a uh, wasp there. You see what I think is the Vision at the bottom, and you got Iron Man and War, uh, machine. War machine at the yeah. bottom, and then you got the symbolism of Thor's hammer and Captain America's shield tied into everything. You see like little hidden characters like the Hulk in the top right corner, and you see Hawkeye in the top left corner. Um, just it's so detailed, so ornate, and so beautiful. And I really hope they don't ruin it with a big barcode <laughs> over the front. I'll be very disappointed if they put a big barcode over the front. Because it is, it is such a great-looking cover. The colors are great. The aesthetic is great. The vibe it's going for is great. The detail, the level of detail and dedication is great. Like This is a perfect example of why the barcode should be on the back. Yes. We, we say this all the time. Some books are doing it, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, it's slowly catching on. I'm trying to remember. I know Image does it for pretty much all of its books. Um, I want to say DC did it recently. I'm trying to remember uh, which books it was, though. Uh, DC did it for, or they're still doing it for Doomsday Clock. Doomsday Clock, yeah. Yep. So, Doomsday Clock... Uh, has been doing it, and I wish every comic would just put the barcode on the back, standardize it. There's no need right. <laughs> for it to be on the front. No need whatsoever. Like, it, if it's bagged and boarded, they can put a little sticker on the fucking bag to right. name the price to whoever they're selling it to. Or simply ring it up before they put it in the bag. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they're very simple solutions here. Right. You don't need the barcode on the front. Please stop doing that. Um, but this one, I hope they didn't because the the cover art is so beautiful. And if you put a barcode on there, you couldn't put a barcode anywhere on that page without obstructing an important detail or a cool aspect of the the art. And I'm yeah. guessing they're going to put it right over Iron Man's face there in the bottom left corner. Yeah. If, so. if what we've seen from Marvel's barcode placement is any indication, that's, that's going to be where it goes. Yeah. So I hope that's not the case because it is a beautiful cover. And again... 
big congratulations to Mark Brooks for doing an awesome job and winning our cover of the week. Now, next up, our variant cover of the week. We debated hotly on this one. Yeah, we did. Like I said, I really love that Shankwitz cover. Yeah, I know you do. Featuring Wonder Woman, but we do give it to Shankwitz a I'll, lot. Y- yeah. So um, we went ahead and went with what Emery thought was the stronger option, which is certainly a great option. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. From David Finch and Danny Mickey, we have the Flash number 44 variant cover. And it's one of the few variants that isn't featuring Superman heavily, uh, <laughs> uh, along which, with the Shinkwitz cover, of course. Yeah, which but, I'd, if any, if there was anything to take away from uh, these variants that were happening over at DC for this particular week, it's that we're really excited about Superman. We like we're really all uh, about as we just, should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Superman's great. Uh, just, um, as long as you don't look at the, the one that's in the movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, or a uh, mustache. Y- yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, someone with a $500 computer managed to do it better. Just saying. Yeah. Um, but this cover, back to this cover. <laughs> uh, this cover is, it, it makes me think of everything that I think of when it comes to the Flash. Yeah. And that is... Flash is a runner. He's always in a very dynamic pose. Sweet LED lines. Oh, yeah. Sweet <laughs> LED lines, like, coming off a suit. That's how you know he generates electricity. Oh, yeah. He's, like, he's, there's literally, like, nothing that could power that suit except for just his body. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and his, those abs, man. Yeah. His, his body is generating so much power right now. <laughs> oh, my God. There's but literally electricity arcing off of him. Absolutely. Uh, and this does something that I kind of always gripe about the Flash covers for. We yeah. very rarely give the award to a Flash cover, and I think it's just because Flash is always drawn so generically because the nature of his power is makes it so that you probably shouldn't be seeing him. <laughs> yes. Um, and then when they do try to frame it in a way that you can see him clearly, it's always in like a ridiculous, like chaotic, like incident where it's you know, like the old corny style where there's like a gorilla in the background throwing stuff, and there's like six characters here doing stupid things that don't matter, and then he's like doing a generic running pose towards the spectator, or you know, running away scared of something, you know, like. It, I, I mean, this one actually that- shows like a really cool like dynamic impressive looking flash and really like exhibits the power he exudes uh as you should yeah i I think uh, one of the other things to glean from this cover is how they've depicted his face uh because if there's one thing that i've learned from reading flash comics is that uh the only way that you can tell a lot of these speedsters apart is their character yeah. And out of all of them or the they, the red hair cut out in the top. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz that's aerodynamic. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the the one distinct thing about this that makes it very obviously Barry Allen is that he's serious, he looks purposeful, he looks like there is something for him to do. It's not like he's um Wally who's uh, lighthearted and a little goofy. It's not like this is uh, secretly reverse Flash where he's got some like evil smirk. It's like you can immediately tell who's under that mask. Yeah. Yep. 
so I mean, it, it's a great cover overall. The 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 anatomy looks great. The the character looks awesome. Um, the oh colors. Oh my god, the detailing of the abs. <laughs> my god, so many abs. Um, <laughs> the the cover's just awesome. I don't know what else to say. So great job, uh, David Finch and Danny Mickey. You guys have made a wonderful work of art for the variant of the week. And now, for our new friends out there, this is the part of the show where we each discuss a topic of our choosing about the world of comics. Emery, what is our topic? Trick question. Because <laughs> I have the topic. Yes. Uh, a topic that I thought would be very on point to talk about, given what you just finished reading. Experienced. <laughs> yes. Which, man, I am so curious as to whether or not I should read it myself. I mean, I feel like you need to just to have the context for what is going to happen going forward. But <laughs> I, that being I, I, said, and the new aspects of Nth Metal, which is apparently the focus of the terrific storyline and a, a handful of other things going on in the DC Universe, so... <laughs> uh, I, I'm not sure whether or not that sells me on continuing to read off-brand Fantastic Four, or which is good. Yeah, as much as we rip on it for being a blatant ripoff, it, right? It's still I mean, good. It, it's taking a dynamic that exists and doing something slightly different with it, which I'm okay with. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, Mr. Terrific. One needs a different name. Two has needed a team where he's the lead for quite some time. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's great that Mr. Terrific is this time to shine. But our topic this week is canon issues. Specifically, in this case, we're going to be referencing the metal event, which, I, again, I've gone through. So you have a, a general understanding of what's been going on. Oh, yeah. But um, I've, I just wanted to bring up this topic because I feel like Marvel and DC in particular have a consistent problem with managing their canon, whether it's making sure that everybody is clear which <laughs> version we're dealing with, whether it's pre-Flashpoint, post-Flashpoint, New 52, post-New 52, prior to New 52. What is going on? Who the fuck are these people? Is it old man Logan? Is it modern Logan? Is it dead Logan? Is it girl Logan? Is it young Logan? Is it honey badger? <laughs> Who the fuck are we dealing with? <laughs> like that, how many claws do they have <laughs> <laughs> is it Dakin <laughs> like go fuck yourselves I is just... it fucking weapon H <laughs> you motherfuckers stop but I feel like there is just a gross mix misconduct with canon and I think it's creating way more problems especially for new readers than it than entertainment value yeah and we can look straight at Batman White Knight as an example of a book that, while it might kind of wink back at like po previous canon, like including some of the old Batmobiles and like cool surprises like that, and, uh, and addressing well-known characters in a new way that we didn't expect, um, I think it thrives off not being just like reliant on all this nonsensical canon that keeps occurring not because there's a real good story reason to do this but because they want to sell event books and event book tie-ins and 
what happens when you have these big world-shattering, earth-shaking events is you affect every character in your continuum, in your continuity, and really just kind of throw all the future creators and artists out to the pasture to deal with it and play cleanup <laughs> for, for the next year until your next big dumb event occurs. Um, and I think it's never been more apparent uh, than... Well, maybe I shouldn't say never. <laughs> Convergence <laughs> was pretty bad, but uh, I don't think it's ever been more apparent than recently with this Dark Knight Metal event, which, again, it might, to me, you have to absorb a lot of comic book silliness and a lot of like leaps of faith and logic. Um, yeah. And it's it's just meh in the end. But <sighs> it's just so hard to digest, even for a, a well-versed, a fanboy like I am, like I, I am unapologetically a DC fanboy. I like the DC characters. I like the DC world. I like the scape. I like you know the current writers and staff that they utilize. Although we'll see with Bendis. Um, yeah, <coughs> but the aesthetic generally. Even I am having trouble digesting all of these events and all of this nonsense. And now they're having it where they have like several events occurring almost back to back if not at the same time usually because of delays (laughs) um we have the new era of dc heroes being pushed at the same time that we have the post metal that just ended um a post metal no justice event with scott snyder that's going to be occurring i think starting next month and it's just it's so much to digest and get a handle on and to understand because you keep you read these issues and like every single page has a little reference box reference a batwing number 42 oh, reference no. dark metal tie and nightwing number 38 no. reference it's, it's, it feels like I'm, I'm sure i'm exaggerating a little but it feels like every panel has some kind of annotation to tell you Hey, there's this thing you gotta look up. There was literally a a little box, I think, in issue number three or four, where I'm guessing Scott Snyder put it in there. Uh, reference '90s. <laughs> reference the '90s <laughs> for context, no. and I was like. What is a current comic book fan, especially a new one, supposed to fucking do with this bullshit? Like, it's so alienating for new fans, especially. And you can that's, see that's disgusting. And you can actually, s- you can see the sales numbers just declining and declining, and declining. I think there's a lot of reasons for it. Uh, we've talked about delays almost every single week because of the poor business model of writing comic books paycheck to paycheck where you don't have a finished story and you alter it because of social media's influence and yeah, you, and it, the ar- the writers you know are either taking on too many projects or they're just being lazy and not finishing the project ahead of time so the artists have to wait for them to do their part which takes way longer <laughs> and, and just, just further perpetuates the the like it's a problem that keeps accentuating that it is a problem yeah it's a terrible business model and um you have all of these factors coming in and putting all of that burden usually on your local comic book shops which i think is a horrible business practice your (laughs) your main source of physical income comes from these shops not only uh, selling your books, but advertising them, creating communities for you in the local spaces. Like here in Columbus, we have a great comic community. 
built on yeah. local businesses like uh, Laughing Ogre, like World's Greatest Comics, like uh, Rat Pack Comics, like Comic Town. All of these are great hubs in Columbus, Ohio, where we have a great, awesome comic community, especially with such a young population comparatively yeah. uh, because of the university and everything. So it, it really frustrates me when we have all of these big, heavy, canon, like, focused nonsense stories that get so warped and nonsensical and have so many annotations for you to do research on. I shouldn't have to do, you know, 10 issues worth of homework just to enjoy one story. Right. It's nonsense. And I feel like every issue of Dark Knight's Metal had that problem where they had annotations for at least three books, if not more. And like some of them were just blatantly nonsensical. Like look up the nineties because there's a there's a part where you see electric blue Superman and you see <laughs> a <laughs> yes yes and you you see you see a Frank Miller um, <laughs> Dark Knight Returns version of Superman full of you know full of armor and whatnot and weapons. That he stole from the Frank Miller Batman in this dark universe. Like this is the kind of thing that if I saw it in a movie, I would get up, walk out of the theater, and laugh the entire fucking way. <laughs> but that's the level of like I, I get that it wasn't like crucial to the main plot, which is why I still say, you know, it's a mad book. But like for new comic fans that are trying to like figure out what the hell you're doing, right. it's so confusing and so alienating and so frustrating. Like not even talking about how good the characters themselves are, which in a lot of cases they aren't. I think really out of the the cast of this issue, Wonder Woman was probably the best one. <laughs> like Wonder Woman and Nightwing were probably the most likable characters. Like everybody else is just not representative of. A really well fleshed out dynamic character. That, that yeah. just sounds like what everyone's going to say about the DCU in like ten years. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it doesn't take that long. <laughs> uh, please stop. <laughs> um, oh, too much cocaine, man. <laughs> Quit. Warner ride. Brothers needs to stop riding the lightning. <laughs> the, don't ride the lightning. Lightning burns. <laughs> stop. Stop. <laughs> um, but yeah, th- th- there's a lot of issues. Again, it's not. I'm just picking on Dark Knight's Metal because I just read it and it's very fresh. Um, but it's not exclusively the problem. I mean, you can look back to like um, the big overwhelming events of convergence and divergence, even Flashpoint to a smaller degree. Even though I, you know, I enjoyed Flashpoint, but uh, because I think it did give an anchor for a fresh start and wasn't just combining a bunch of nonsense because they were apologetic to the handful of social media people that were angry about it. Yeah, um, no, that was actually just a, an interesting story. Yeah, so uh, there are there are dynamics there, and there. Are, I'm not saying that events themselves are bad. I'm not saying that maintaining a canon is bad, or having a handful of books that are you know in a concrete canon. You know, not every book can be a Batman White Knight, right? Um, but not as every, much as we all wish. Yeah, not every book can be a Mister Miracle esque title. Um, not every title can be an old man Hawkeye on the Marvel side, you know. Those right. are those are isolated incidences and worlds and characters. Uh, I get you, that. I understand yeah, you, that. You can't always have a Superman Red Sun. But we have huge problems when we're confusing timelines, and it's so vague which ones are relevant and which ones are not. Um, 
in the Dark Knight's Metal one, they were addressing timelines in the Batman universe from before Flashpoint. They were addressing timelines uh, all through Scott Snyder's run. So all the the Court of Owls, like they make a direct. The Court of Owls has a really important influence in Dark Knight's Metal. Um, uh, they point out, they talk about Endgame. They talk about um, uh, him going back in the past prior to Flashpoint when Darkseid's <laughs> Omega Beams shot him into the distant past and he became a caveman for like 12 <laughs> issues or whatever while Nightwing was Batman. Oh um, my God. Like that is, that is a key plot point for Dark Knight's Metal if that gives you any idea of what to expect. Um, God, what is happening? There is it's like the, being shot by omega beams and turned into a caveman is almost about as silly as someone saying martha in the middle I like of that. the third act i liked it <laughs> that's the one gripe i actually don't have but i'll let that rest for now we can make that another topic yes um, yes but yeah martha is definitely its own topic I, I don't want to beat up these creators too much because I understand what Scott Snyder was trying to do. He was trying to give like a wink and a nod and like a love letter type thing to yeah, the audience like that have been keeping up with all of this nonsensical yeah, canon and like, trying to keep things together. Like for all uh, of you faithful fans who have been following this entire time. Yeah. The, the, I'm sure there'll be, as you were saying, winks, nods, uh, nudges. Like, yeah. oh, remember this thing that you probably read? Was, well, it all is actually somehow magically coming together. Yeah. So Which the- sounds like it would be fun if you had been consistently buying their products for about two decades. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a lot to ask. <laughs> um, so uh, what, what do you think, especially from the Marvel side? I'd be interested in hearing your take. I, I think it's a huge problem, and I wish they would just stop. I, I don't care if they have to reboot and just commit to it for 10 years, 5 years, whatever, but don't try to force all of these previous canonical events that don't make sense into the current one that you know is trying to make sense and because it's just so alienating for new comic fans and potential fans, and it's just hurting your business and hurting your art form. There was a comic book released maybe a year ago, maybe a little longer than that, uh, probably longer than that, where I saw an image of Miles Morales about to impale Captain America. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, this was actually... Not a reference to something, but a foretelling of a potential thing that was going to happen. Uh, And this is hilariously kind of what... uh, It's kind of what happened with Dark Knight's Metal, but in the reverse. Mm. Uh, This was... uh, For anyone who's been like staying current with Marvel, you probably know that there's this little thing called Civil War that happened. Yep. Which one are we referencing? (laughs) (laughs) The fact that that's even a question kills me inside. (laughs) Because there should only be one. (laughs) There should only ever have been one Civil War. Yeah, it was the second one. (laughs) It was the fucking second one. 
The second one where we decided to, instead of relating to a bunch of things that have been happening, we're actually going to maybe foretell the future. All of these things that you can kind of look forward to and make that just an issue. It's like, how long do I have to wait till I find out why and for what good reason it would look like the newest Spider-Man would try to kill Captain America. Because he's a Nazi? Again, realizing <laughs> that that's a thing kind of kills me inside. Because there is... <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. It's like, ugh. Uh, this is con- this isn't convergence in the reverse. This is Dark Knight's metal in the reverse. This is <laughs> like all of these things that are going to be happening in these other comics. Uh, get ready. <laughs> but this is all a backdrop for a story that I'm going to say is also meh and doesn't make any sense. I think the only good thing that's come out of it was what's honestly a throwaway line in the newest event that's happening called damnation <laughs> uh yeah which is a good event yeah and isn't too rely on prior context really no you know th- that some shit went down in las vegas that's all you need to know right some shit ha- sold <laughs> like some shit happened uh stephen strange was like uh fuck that we're uh, i'm gonna fix all this yeah and it's like the ramifications of using your bullshit magic to do something that no one has any right or any responsibility doing. Yeah. Like <clears throat> resurrecting an entire town. Yeah. Read the book. Read it. It's amazing. It actually might get me to start reading Iron Fist again. Wow. <laughs> That's intense. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's that good. We need Blade. <laughs> it might actually get them to start making Blade comics again. <laughs> uh, why haven't we been making Blade comics? Because he's good at his, at his job. <laughs> that, that That's fair. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that, fair, that's pretty fair. Um, <laughs> with, with that said, the concept of continually making events big dumb events that uh keep pulling and referencing from all of these other titles that have come before it uh that is quite possibly the most alienating thing you can do to someone who is trying to get in to comics Mm -hmm. which i thought was the goal of making comics absolutely yeah and i mean they were (laughs) Again, the Dark Knight's Metal thing. Referencing the Batman not dying, but going back in time (laughs) and becoming a cave Batman for Mm. like issues and issues and issues as he found a way to come back to the prior time is ridiculous. And there's no basis that this version of Batman is that version. There's no basis for it whatsoever. There has never been anything that indicated that that prior canon from, what, 10 years ago now? is relevant yeah. in any way, shape, or form. And it has nothing to do with Scott Snyder. So what 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 is even the point? Right. It's just it was just a a stupid reason to include a dumb plot point about it, some tribes of man, you know, and in order to activate the dark universe and it, 
it's just so alienating for everybody involved. I mean, if you want to include your 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 particular run of canon in there, that's fine. That works. Yeah, it makes ver- sense. And I, you know, assuming this is the new Fifty Two version of Batman, and another Batman didn't take his place during Convergence like Superman. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's a thing that happened, and it's very confusing. Uh, so none is. of the new Fifty Two canon for Superman is relevant, but all the new Fifty Two canon for Batman is apparently relevant. So. <laughs> Um, again, just nonsensical canon moves that just isn't managed well and is constantly changed and manipulated in a way that doesn't make sense not to serve a story purpose or a world context purpose, but exclusively to sell a few big budget books and tie-ins Yeah, because th- your bad business practicing is destroying your business so right and you and gotta keep doing this just to keep yourself afloat that that's the thing that uh, i'm always going to argue uh that we've been arguing this whole time is that there needs to be a complete restructuring of the business model to where we have full crafted stories before we draw anything yes like com- again i say this every time it it wouldn't be that hard to commission a, a staff, say you know, writer A, artist B, art you know, uh, uh, colorist C, letterist D. You guys are working on this project or this group of bat characters or this group of super characters or whatever. You're on the watch storm books, whatever the case may be. Yeah, like this is yours. Here's an initial commission for you to live on and a salary for being on the staff, obviously. And then we will give you a percentage of the final sales, make a well-refined finished book, and then make natural points to cut each one so we can release it in issue form, just like a TV show or anything else that is episodic. Right. And right. Then, then Episodic writing is pretty easy. We'll give you a rough deadline, so try to stick to it. And remember, this is your only focus, so don't do any other nonsensical side projects. That's why we sign contracts. Y- yes. Uh, exclusivity contracts. I thought that the, was the point. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Apparently not. Um, and focus on this. Make a well-refined, finished story for these characters or these books or whatever. Create a world if you need to, you know, in the new relaunch or whatever, whatever the case may be. Make a six, eight. 10, 12, 14, 24 issues, I don't care. Make an outline for at least one story, and then once that outline's finished and everything's starting to work on, you can work on the next one if you want to, or you can ask to work on a different project, whatever the case may be, and then we'll release it like we normally do, but without the nonsense delays that drive everybody crazy and kill books. Right. Um, and without the, the influence of social media, you know, people reacting to one thing or another that ends up watering down the entire story like we talked about uh, in episode 26 i think yeah uh, with the the editor-in-chief at marvel uh the prior one talking about all the issues they had with often twitter people harassing creators and making them so insecure that they completely changed their story and watered it down and so in the end it was just nothing you know yeah that i think there's literally nothing more neutering to a story yeah. Then reactionary writing. Yeah, it's it's tough. And I, I get it. This is the new age and we, we, we're still kind of adjusting to it, but the, it's such a bad business practice and it is a large part of the root problem here. Not only with the canonical issues and the nonsense like trying to tie in way too much and force 
the burden of 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 knowledge and evidence and storytelling on the reader instead of putting the burden on the person trying to tell a story, right. which is what they're being paid to do, you know. Um, so I think there's a lot of things that need to be changed uh, in this industry, particularly on DC and Marvel side. I mean, there's a little bit of it in the other ones. I'm looking at like kind of Dark Horse a little bit, um, a little bit of some of the image books, although obviously not all because they're not a tight end universe. Valiant, Valiant has that problem pretty bad. Yeah, they um, do. But DC and Marvel are the big ones, and they're the ones that need to be the most aware that it's a problem because they're the ones that stand as the bright burning icons for this industry, and they're the ones that, whether we like it or not, dominate the industry, each controlling about thirty percent of the industry right. uh, in the it, market. You know, yeah. there's about a third DC, a third Marvel, and then the rest is independent, you know, titles and books with a prominence for image, you know? Yeah. Um, I think there definitely needs to be some leading by example. Yeah. So, I mean, I I know it's tough, but I I think it needs to be done. And just like every other thing where there's, you know, big heads of the the industry, like, you know, say uh, a Microsoft and an Apple situation. Yeah, sure. There's Linux, but most people are not using (laughs) Linux. Most people are not dependent on Linux and their advertising. It's more of a kind of underground thing with a significant market, but not really controlling interest. It's up to Microsoft and Apple to stand out and do the right thing when it comes to things like government uh, interference and investigation, you know, unlocking iPhones, for example, for government, you know, control or whatever, you know. Yeah. It, I think Apple did a great thing by saying, no, if you want to break into it, you can break into it. There's no legal statute for us to do this, and we are not going to do that to our customers, uh, you know, regardless of what the investigation is, because they bought this product from us with the idea that we would protect their their information and whatever else. And the same thing with Microsoft, you know, um, as it, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. And, you know, thank you, Uncle Ben. And um, it's, it's just something you have to face when you're the head of the industry and particularly the head of an industry that is failing. Yeah. Um, And if you don't want this art form to die, especially in its physical form, I'm sure there'll always be web comics wherever people can express themselves. But, yeah. If you don't want this great and wonderful medium that we all enjoy and invest in to die, you need to change your business practice. You need to change your continuity, um, just it, just mismanagement, I would say. Yeah, um, this, the general approach to storytelling needs to be one where the focus is more on the quality of the story and not so much the... Uh, what the can be construed as a seemingly desperate attempt to always have money coming in. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> again, I feel like you know, we always feel like we're being a little too harsh and a little too cynical. I mean, there's a lot of great stuff out there still, especially, if, you know, again, from the non-canonical stuff. Yeah. Um, but it, it's these big events that are really drowning the industry and alienating any potential for future investment and new fans. Um like, how long did it take for you to even think about approaching Dark Knight's metal? Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I think Scott Snyder just wanted to tell one big last epic tale, and I, I totally get it. But I think there was a lot of other hands in that pot that were just throwing in their own ingredients and making things way too convoluted and way too frustrating for even an, a, a well-weathered fan as yeah. opposed to even, you know, 
<laughs> a new fan or a fan that wants to get into this stuff, you know, because it looks cool, you know, the cover art looks cool and the story sounds neat. I want to really hop in, and then it's just a, just bombarded with nonsensical canon from, uh, you know, inconsistent timelines that don't actually make any sense because of several, you know, big wig events that you know may have happened, may not have happened, depending on which character you're dealing with. And it's just, you know, it's it's very frustrating as a fan and as a person that wants this industry to be preserved for as long as possible. Because, you know, once these industries are gone, it's really hard to bring them back, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. So let's try to prevent them from going the way of the dodo bird and keep them around for a long time to come for everybody to enjoy. And uh, one of the ways that we can more specifically tell them like the kind of entertainment that uh, we enjoy is with our wallets like if if batman white knight was the number one selling comic that would speak volumes as to what it is that uh, (laughs) what it is that they should be putting out absolutely types of stories that they should be focusing on yes i 100 percent agree and the the book deserves it, quite frankly. It does. Um, and I would say similar things about things like Mr. Miracle and Old Man Hawkeye. Um, they're, they're great, it, wonderful books those that should avoid all the nonsense like that's going top, on yeah, canonically. Those should, those should definitely be in the top ten best-selling. Well, they I just th- should. I think that's a good place to end it for now. Um, before we get into the outro here, I want to give a big shout-out to our first executive-level contributor uh we received a very generous contribution from a fan and friend uh will beasley uh shout out to his life insurance services (laughs) if you're (laughs) looking for a very well informed uh and veteran uh to help you handle your life insurance and future finances he's probably your guy to look for it's not an advertisement he's just a friend i'm giving him a shout out um but he contributed to us at the executive level um privately not through patreon this time but he will receive all the usual benefits that are listed on our tiers on patreon.com forward slash hit the books so he's going to receive a a credit here at the end obviously as an executive producer for us um he's going to receive a personalized thank you letter from emory and i and um he's going to receive a volume of our choosing this month Uh, that we will personalize for him based on what i know about his tastes and uh (laughs) So look forward to that, Will, if you're listening or watching. Uh, you got something coming to you pretty soon here. So oh, yeah. Thank you so much, Will, for your executive-level contribution. And thank you to all other Patreon or otherwise contributors uh, to our special show here. Um, like I said, we got a lot more announcements and uh, some hopefully future growth <laughs> uh, coming up here for our community and our show. And uh, we hope you're looking forward to it as much as we are. Oh, yeah. Well, folks, I think that wraps up another mediocre edition of Hit the Books Podcast. Mediocre! (laughs) Thank you all for sticking with us. And if you like what you hear, be sure to hit like and subscribe and follow us on your podcast services of choice and social networks. We're on Twitter at HTBVids. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash hit the books. Our website is htbvids.com where you can find links to all of our social media and our, our the Fresh Comics uh, .us service there and uh, all of our broadcasting services, whether it be Stitcher, iTunes, YouTube, and any ones in the future like SoundCloud and whatever else comes up. We'll see. Uh, yeah. <laughs> again, there's some behind-the-scenes models that you have to 
subscribe to. So it's a little, it's a little finicky. Um, and again, we have our Patreon there, patreon.com forward slash hit the books. If you want to support independent content and good content, uh, feel free to go and check that out. It would really go a long way to helping us out and help us at least break even <laughs> and keep the show running for as long as we can here. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I feel like I'm missing a big announcement. We thanked our great contributor, Will Beasley. Uh, what else? Is there anything else? Am I missing anything? Read Batman White Knight. <laughs> uh, yeah, again, read that book. Again, not being paid to advertise it. It's yeah. just that good. You, you need to read it. Yeah, um, simply. And please, sound off in the comments and um, all, all the reviews and stuff. And let us know what things you think we could uh, improve, what things you really dig. Uh, any responses to our discussion? Do you think we got something wrong? Do you think... Um, all this event stuff and canonical mis- <laughs> mishaps uh, are okay for the the industry. Do you think the business model is functional? Um, please hit us up on Twitter, on Facebook, on the YouTube comments, yes, where, wherever you so choose. And remember, if you'd like to contact us privately for any kind of uh, reviews or promotions like we had recently, um, or just fan letters or fan submitted topics of discussion for the podcast. You can write to us at hit the books vids v i d s hit the books vids all one word at gmail dot com and you can email us and send us your comment or your question or any kind of uh, behind the scenes promotional stuff you may or may not want to do or reviews. So I think that wraps everything up. Thank you all for watching. We will see you next week. On hit the books. <laughs>